Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And with that signature tune in the background, it means it's uh, another edition of Talk at Six with Wayne Turner. I'm Wayne. I'll be taking you through till quarter to seven this evening. And uh, we are in for a really interesting show again. Now, last week on our community slot, we had an educator. And because of the success of that and how it impacts people, we've decided to make it a regular slot, our educational slot, which is the first Monday of the month. So you've got two in a row. We don't often do that, but from now on, it'll be four weeks apart. The show works like this. We, it's a chat show, talk show. We bring in guests, guest experts on regular uh, shows. So every first Monday of the month will be now be our education slot with our uh, guest expert. The second will be our financial one. That's Nico Kleinans. Our fourth is our medical with either of two doctors. And the third, we're going to have our regular community slot. So without further ado, I'll bring into the conversation and introduce again our guest expert on early childhood development, and that is Cherry Howell. Very good evening to you. Good evening to you, Wayne, and thanks for inviting me back, and a special warm welcome to all the listeners. Right, so uh, last week was the first in hopefully Uh, years to come of education. We really need to talk education or development, early childhood development. We'll go into that a little bit later in the show. It's such an important subject and with the way uh, life has changed in the last two years, education in the big picture has changed quite a bit. I remember several years back, Professor Tim Noakes, I was interviewing him and he said, You know what the future looks like for university education. He says it's all going to be done at home over video and they'll come in for dissections like for medical and that sort of more intense lectures, engineering, but all the general subjects will all be done uh, over video and remotely and lots of people poo-pooed the idea, but that was, we were forced into a new style of education through COVID. Now that is impacted us and changed us quite dramatically. So what we would like to do over the next several months is bring subjects that will help moms, dads, especially those who are now homeschooling, to understand early childhood development specifically because that's where most of the educating or the the, the foundation, the platform is laid. So uh, Cherry, as we kick off, just explain to me your understanding of education and development because everyone talks education but there's a it's far more than that well development is 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 like a ladder 
um, and in which we we climb and we are progressing up. There's there's no uh, regression as as such with de- development unless there's trauma of some type. So we move up this ladder, um, forever reaching upwards, um, and we we push ourselves up that ladder. And what pushes us up, obviously, apart from the natural uh, process of aging, um, we push ourselves up because of our our curiosity we want to attain something and also our skills will contribute to that some and there's there are several ladders depending on aspects of of development if you think of there's a ladder of cognition of cognitive learning and language and art development and movement and sports gross motor skills music development and some of us um, are more advanced in certain skills and others are not maybe more behind so by the time the child goes to formal school and by school and education here i think we're talking formal schooling where you actually go to a place of learning and your child goes into a specific year grouping and is named grade r grade two or whatever and there are requirements of development when your child goes into that um phase to that uh, grouping and then within that year he has to learn age appropriate skills in cognitive skills language skills um, um, motor skills artistic or music or play or whatever and then when they've ticked all the boxes in that year they move the next year up so it gives it defines education as what you learn in school and I like to define education is, in fact, virtually the opposite. We go to school, we sit there for at least 12 years, and then some of us go on to more places of education. And then you go out and you get a job, and sometimes the job you get has got nothing to do with what you've sat in the classroom for over 12 years. So really, education is, in fact, what you remember after you've forgotten what they taught you at school. So you say, think say that, that again. Education is what you remember after you've forgotten what they taught you at school. And for me, it's two things. As a journalist, education, and the other thing is typing. If I didn't have those two. Yeah, English. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, English. And uh, I believe that's very similar with you, your English and uh, typing. Yes, I learned typing at school. I did very well at typing, and thank goodness I did, because I don't understand much about computers, but boy, can I type. And it's my English, my, my mouth, and my ability to write. And, and I'm passionate about, about language, so therefore I read and all this. And that has opened up my, my career and my interests and my hobbies. So somebody else might say they would, did pretty well at um, bookkeeping at school, but they were lousy at history and wada, wada, wada. But, and that person would then will retain everything they learned in, in that subject they were interested in. So, and you know, the irony of, it, of all is that we've taken away the word pupils, and we've taken away the name students, but we've kept the word learner. And the word student, which comes from the root word study, and learner, which comes from the root word learn, are the two opposites. Right, study and learn don't necessarily mean that information is going in your head. Do they? It doesn't. So, no, not at all. So we have schools and schools of learners who are not learning 
and um, we have some teachers out there who are supposed to be supposed to be teaching and they don't teach either so <laughs> only when they go to university are they then called students and as we all know there are lots of students out there that are not studying and should be so <laughs> we know we've got a problem with the English language I think yeah you know I, I think one of the big things that I've learnt post school is that every day I learn something or, or, or I, I adopt, I remember something and it's purely because of my interests and I'm interested in those things. I will say that uh, YouTube is my university and I will learn a new mm-hmm. skill, a new, I've learned new occupations. So, you know, we have to change that mindset from an early age and that's why I think you, you call it from when the baby uh, is first put into the mom's arms from then on it's development that takes place. Mm, uh, development mm. is far more than educating. Yes. Yeah. Right, now we've come to the end of the term or the year of learning and being a student, being uh, a learner, and uh, the school closes and all these kids are thrust back into the care, arms, responsibi- responsibility of mom and dad. And based on what you're saying, uh, traditionally education will stop and play starts. But you have very, very different theories to the average person that uh, education and play uh, aren't different. Yes. Um, look, I don't want to belabor the, you know terminology and um, semantics here. So... Um, the bottom line is that um, I refer to a definition I gave you last week was that um, uh, the adult idea of working is doing a job to get money and the idea of playing is what you, what you do for fun. And with a child, uh, Maria Montessori said the child's work is their play. So they don't make any dis- discernment between um, their play and their work unless that, that is given as a label by the parent come it's time now to do your work put your play things aside so um and and for that reason i don't even enjoy the word um toy as much because you know we can all have toys you all know that well-known saying you know the difference between men and boys is the price of their toys toys. (laughs) so um a toy can be anything (laughs) <laughs> so and, in, and as a matter of fact, the most popular toy by far in the world today is the cell phone, without a doubt. Absolutely, so, people like to yeah, give it all sorts it. of names—a communication yeah, device. Yeah. But but when you look at people, they're all playing on it's, something. It's, playing. it's yeah. a play thing, and that, that's the word I like to use. There isn't such a word as work thing, good, mm-hmm. but there is a word in the English language called play thing. So let us focus on that word play. So what is play? It is something that you do because you are driven by curiosity not something that you do because um, you have to do it you choose what you play with whether it's um, you playing with um, the pen in your hand or your your hair or something it's something that you enjoy doing you do it instinctively Um, and the sad thing is that you, you think you don't have to be taught how to play but unfortunately you do have to be taught how to play because even people, uh, children who've been um, traumatized from young, they don't play anymore. Because it all stems from the fact that there's fear, fear of taking a risk, fear of being um, perhaps um, teased 
or belittled or judged because of what they play with. I think as an example, and I think a lot of older women can, can, can um, apply this in their life, is that um, the time you outgrew dolls was when you felt that you were being judged as being a baby. And I remember I went to high school and the first thing I had to do was pack away my dolls. I was still playing with my dolls at age 12. Okay, this was the previous century. But um, nowadays, children... You make that sound so long ago. it was, (laughs) in terms of my childhood. So, whereas in the case of boys... Boys, grown men, were allowed to collect um, cars and put them on shelves in their pubs or aeroplanes hanging from their bedrooms when ceilings when they were, you know, airfix stuff when they're a teenager. But as a woman, um, you it just was frowned on for you to play dolls. Mm. And it's almost as if our society is upside down now because they brought out Barbie dolls in the 1950s. And Barbie dolls are teenagers, and, you know, the older ch- girls would play with dolls. Ten-year-olds, 11, 12, 13-year-olds would play with Barbies. It was okay to play with dolls as long as they were Barbies. But um, you didn't give them to younger children because what do Barbies do? They go to discos, they go on dates and all that. And that wasn't what kids under the age of seven were doing. Now a child is given a Barbie doll, maybe at age one and two, and I'm serious. And then what they do with that doll is they wrap it up in a blanket or a towel and they feed it with a bottle and they hold it in a nursing position. That's all they know. Right. Yeah, you no, know, because that, that's where the instinct comes in. Yeah. But the big attraction of a doll, a Barbie doll, for a child under the age of three is the hair. If you watch mm. a child under the age of three playing with a doll, all they're doing is stroking the hair. So it's a tactile toy. So that's what the child's need is. So these are natural yes. expressions of a child in their play actions. Yes, yes. Tact, tact, tactile, um, um, tactile um, play is extremely important. You can't expect a child to look at the box, the picture of it on the box. They want to take the toy out and play with it. So, um, or um, you, you take your child into a shop, a toy shop or any shop, and you say, look. Don't touch. Which is a it ridiculous is, statement. It is. And I, as a toy shop owner, I can tell you the worst touches with the, with the parents, not the kids. <laughs> the the pe- box openers. <laughs> so a child needs to be tactile. And we've just been talking about five minutes ago, you spoke about um, we're in a new phase with COVID and one thing. And now we've this new word um, that has entered our vocabulary, social distancing, which is alive and well in classrooms. And, and what is concerning is that it's alive and well in ECD classrooms. Can, can I just interrupt there and give you an example? I was quite shocked. Uh, I mean, as you know, and I think the listeners know, I, I have an Instagram account. And I, I sh- sell children's books. So I interact quite a bit now with uh, moms with, small children and sometimes they come and they collect from me and I took a pack of books out to this mom she had this four-year-old little girl who was the friendliest most gorgeous little thing and the two-year-old brother was totally freaked out and she said don't worry he's a COVID baby now I I had no idea of this definition of COVID babies now as I understand COVID babies are 
kids that have been born during lockdown, they've had no real interaction with other children because there's been all this lockdown. So any interaction with people is a threatening or a uh, an intense situation. Mm. And she said, he's a very friendly, happy little child like his older sister. But when there's this outside the family, there's this problem. So now we have this whole interaction problem now with with small kids mm. because mm. They, they've been socially distanced so look the biggest thing that is of concern is that a young child who doesn't understand words or language looks at body language um very young kids you know you go "Uh uh-uh and they know exactly what you mean and um you don't have to go into long long diatribes about that so the child learns by looking at your eyes which are visible and how moms right. in, a, in, a, in a public situation will just shake their heads or give yes, a glare and the right. kid knows. Okay, so, but now outside the house, every adult the child looks at is a, dis- a, a, a distance away from them and the adult is wearing a mask. And of course, um, this if we go back to schools, the schools are, all the teachers are wearing a mask and no longer are teachers allowed to touch the child, put your arm around a child when they're, when they're oh feeling lonely. Word. There's Th- a that host whole, of problems. I, I can wax I can lyrical about this because these little ones go to daycare because mommy's gone back to work. Okay, that's been the good thing about um, homeschooling is that it's uh, the child's at home. But then again, there are other problems that homeschoolings bring. But anyway, just to get on to this, keep on this on track on this particular point is that when the child is dropped off at a, at a new environment, there's always some form of fear, and it's uh, um, a child picks up fear from parents, and that's that's how they learn. Even an animal does that. And you're, and with all this COVID, you're, you're, the mommy might drop the child off at a new school and she's got those fears. She's told her child not to touch, not to go here, not to go there. And then she drops the child off at a, some caring facility. And they are obeying protocols. It's been intensified. It's been intensified. So they can't touch, they can't read. And even in reading a story to a group of small children. You, you, they can't see your face. They can't see your mouth. They can't take you, any cues. Right, can't take any cues at all. So, th- and then they go outside and what is also, uh, all the protocols that are required is that jigsaw puzzles um, that have got a paper, whether it's wood or whether it is um, um, a cardboard, it's a paper product which you cannot sanitize because the water will affect it. Mm. So there are not many puzzles out there made out of plastic. So the children are now moving towards playing with toys that can be sanitized. So these are some of the problems of the pre- the preschools and the creches and the, the daycares is that they've had to limit the toys the children play with. And of course, there are germs in sand. There are germs in water. There are, there are germs on the on the climbing frame. Mm. There are germ, germs outside. If you run around, you have to, you have to have your mask on. Uh, I saw a video that somebody had sent me, and you know, one of these TikTok things. And it was a little kid of about 18 months. And this child um, was uh, uh, pretending that the tap, the garden tap at the wall, was a, was a sanitizer thing. So she was pushing her foot down on a stone underneath the tap that was sticking out of the wall and putting her hand underneath. And the imaginative play was that she was sanitizing her hands. She was 18 months and she'd picked it up from place. Wow. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's change gears slightly mm-hmm. for the second half of the show. We have just touched on uh, toys. So let's. It's Christmas time coming up, and toys are a big feature in uh, every child's life. And of course, the parents who are buying the toys, it becomes uh, a, an issue as well. So, based on what we've been talking about, how we see the the learning process and education development let's chat a little little about around toys okay. uh, I think you alluded to the fact about uh, toys and playthings and uh, you know you don't get work things you get playthings mm-hmm. which we we, for, we can use that definition because of that uh, things understanding. they can play with yes basically, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we touched on on last show about an educational uh, toy, but really, it's all about play at, at the young age. It's all about play, exactly. Um, and many people say they are going to, they're not getting educational toys for Christmas, they're getting fun toys. Well, um, I agree with you. It doesn't matter what you give your child for Christmas, whether it's a dictionary or whether it is a Lego set or whatever, it, as long as your child finds fun in that activity. So some, someone's fun is a very wide definition of the word fun. But um, at Christmas time, you t- uh, especially with the older children, you tend to ask a child what it is they want. And um, and to me, it's very sad if a child asks for money at Christmas. Very, very sad. Something that's got to be wrapped up and stuck under a tree. And there must be an element of surprise. Um, quite a large number of people out there who say, well, what's the point? We've got this long school holiday and I'll just give the child their toy now, which is which is another another story. Invariably, but, they buy another one before Christmas. Yes, they do. So, um, I just got some tips that I want to say that if we're talking about um, the whole gamut of toys, um, um, the child will often ask for a toy that everyone else is playing with, which is understandable. That's called peer group, peer pressure. Or it might be a toy that is almost like a status toy, like a, a status thing, like a bicycle or um, something that, that they've been wanting for a long time. Even and as basic as a yo-yo. Yes, in one kid had a yo-yo, it. we all wanted one that's and our parents it. had to buy them. And you, uh, the Fanta Coke ones were the best, remember that. So, you know, the, what you buy your your child at Christmas time is going to depend a lot on your pocket and um, and 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 your value system, what you consider is a good toy for your child. And I think one of the first things that um, you need to, to do is please don't give a child a toy because they've been good. This whole thing about the Father Christmas elves, you know, sitting around there telling Father Christmas whether you've been a good girl or a naughty boy and goes and tell and the threat of, you know, all the th- am, am I going to get something? That is sad, you know. Which is, we we talk about gifting at Christmas time because Jesus was God's gift to mankind. But then we pervert the whole understanding of of a gift as a reward rather than a gift. And it's not a reward. Not at all, yes. Our reward in terms of biblical things is uh, eternal condemnation. But Jesus has done something for us by coming to earth, the most precious gift. Now we need to try... uh, teach our children what real giving and gifting is all about but we, but we don't yeah. do it technically speaking we should give our children only three toys only three gifts gold frankincense and myrrh not so well the modern day equivalent <laughs> so. I, I remember getting a gold yo-yo once <laughs> 
dear. And, and lots of soap on a rope. So they could well, uh, go for the, the frankincense, mo- or no, one no, of the them. Mo- the perfume is yeah. the frankincense. Oh, right, right. And the gold is the star on top of the tree. Well, that's the be. money. That's the money. <laughs> How our ideas have perverted her. So, but uh, on a on a serious note, um, uh, when you when you buy gifts for your your child, um, most people buy one gift and then you buy something called stocking fillers, which is ridiculous because we don't have stockings the same size as a pair of socks, and we don't wear stockings anymore. So, <laughs> um, um, uh, I I feel that the types try not try to get your children. Uh, different types of toys not based on um, how much money each one costs mm. so when I say different types get something for imagination something that they're going to use to, to help the imagination Einstein said imagination Imagination is far more important than knowledge because let's take da Vinci arguably the most um, intelligent man on this planet um, he had the most amazing knowledge, particularly scientific, and but he also had imagination. So Which is why we see tanks and helicopters and a whole bunch so of things. So he couldn't have done a thing without that imagination. I mm. mean, the man was completely ambidextrous. He could write with his left hand, all in mirror writing, while he drew with his right hand. So at the same time, now that takes quite a bit of coordination. Well, one of these savant guys, the one they they based Rain Man on, I was watching a documentary the other day. He reads the left page of the book with his left eye and the right page of the book with his right eye. I don't want to know. I mean, he remembers everything that he ever read. (laughs) But that sort of way of, of remembering stuff doesn't mean anything if you can't as you say, link it with imagination and the ability you, imagination to apply. Imagination is, and if a child can imagine something that is not remotely even there, and, they, and, and we can come back another time and talk about each of the different play phases, because there's several up to the age of six, there are 10 play phases. And um, within each, you see the development of imagination. And mm. imagination starts when your child holds out a biscuit to you. They need a biscuit in two hands at, say, nine, ten months old, and they give you the biscuit, and you pretend to take a bite out of the one that's offered to you. So, and then they start learning how to pretend. So, I would say an imaginative toy is important, a social toy, and remember, a ball is a social toy. You can't mm. play a ball, but you can by yourself. It's, it's not very it's interesting. It's more fun, and, and um, something for a movement skill. And outdoors to get your kid outside, something it could even be as simple as a magnifying glass. So, um, and something that will grow the intellect, something that will be make them wonder and question and something. So, anything in the scientific type. Now, you may think, um, all right, my kid's only interested in in cars. And, and now I'm talking specifically about, um, you know, children above the age of, say, four, where they can start reading and le- getting information from mm. books. There's, uh, the, I mean, you can really get so much wonderful stuff, even uh, cars with detail on it and teaching a child how to know the differences, the discrimination between car brands and types like that. That is an important early learning skill for boys mm. to see tiny details on cars and makes and models. So 
I, I always suggest get, look at the types of toys you buy with the impo- with um, um, that type of that type of stance. Lots of different types of skills. So could I just interrupt there? So what you're basically describing there is a toy or to- toys. That are educational toys. Now we debunked that myth last mm, last yeah. time on educational toys. There is no such thing as an educational toy. But we are seeing what you're saying. The toys that you're looking at buying have got an education or rather a developmental aspect to that they toy. They have a potential. Let's just call it this a developmental potential. Mm. So that's a DP, right? So there is a potential for development in either fine motor skill or whatever. So as they are playing, right. they are actually they are developing, developing. Developing. Not being educated. That's the Again, difference. now I'm seeing more and more yeah, yeah. how that word is just so shallow. It, it is a sh- that's the right word, shallow. And it's got a ceiling. Okay, mm. when, you, when you get to the end of matric and you get your results, then your education is over. Right. So, and what have you learned? <laughs> how have you been educated? You've I'm experiencing self-development yeah. in my 60s. Absolutely. I, right. I never thought I would, but I couldn't say I'm educating myself. <laughs> no. So let's debunk that educator. Mm. All right. So um, if we if we talk about DP, the de- developmental potential of a toy. So say you buy a toy for your child, and um, um, and the toy that you buy at this point, sitting in the box or gift wrapped, and the child hasn't hasn't opened it. The, the, it, it sits at the educational or developmental value sits at 0%. And that child, as that child starts playing with it, even from the moment they open it up and pick it and look at it around from all different angles, um, the moment they start playing with it, they will then start teaching themselves. That curiosity drives them. And then, and then we make this terrible mistake you look at the child and and you look at the child playing with the toy and you decide do you know what this is come let let daddy show you ha please don't (laughs) and so what do we do is that on christmas day i always think of kids all over the world i think particularly of fathers sorry sorry guys this is not a sexist comment but i think of all the fathers over all over the world who've given their kids any, any kind of construction model and it's set on the box age three upwards and and they've given their their three-year-old this or even their four-year-old and and the kid can't do it and they decide to open it up and build it how many dads (laughs) have ever built a toy for a child well, you just have to know how many dads do their kids' projects in school for them, and that will say the same thing. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I almost, um, it's like buying a box of chocolates for somebody, and then they open up and they go, wow, look at all these chocolates. And you, you eat see. them. And then you say, right, this is how you eat them. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous when you think of it. And then the child's left with the package, and then they play with the package, you see? So that's... That's essentially one of the areas. You, and that brings me back to um, something that um, people are not aware of. You know, when you go and buy some fish fingers, it says on the box, serving suggestion. So when you buy a toy, you'll see that the lovely, wonderful picture on the front cover of the toy, what it's supposed to look like. And I take, like take a... Um, paint by numbers. I mean, yeah, you see this beautiful picture. And those of you who know what a picture looks like after you've, Splashed a brush I got painted by numbers when I was young, 
and it does not look like on the box. Yeah. I just want to pick up on one thing you said, the word potential. All a toy has is potential in its yes. state. It's yeah. just It just has potential. It's like you an know, empty battery. It's sitting there and it can't do anything. Precisely. Yeah. So that potential needs to be realized. And you're saying uh, 0-50, 100% as that kid takes it out and tries and, and does something and, with and experiments. Yeah. yeah, Children don't actually try. They just play. Right. That is, that is a, a little tip that if you see a child is trying to play with it, the child's not ready for it. So let's go back to the fish finger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on a, often you walk into a shop and you say, I want um, a present. For, you're looking for a present for a four-year-old. So you look for a box that says four-year-old on it. And you assume straight away that that's, that's what, what your child can do. But as I spoke earlier about the ladder theory, mm-hmm. is that you, you, the ladders of development could be language and fine motor skills, cooking skills. It could be anything. So um, as um, a four-year-old, um, he might be incredibly good with, um, with running and kicking a ball and balancing and he can even kick a, he can even hit a, a ball, a moving ball with a cricket bat. Or he can play the piano, like this five year old Cape Town whiz kid pianist that we're hearing about lately. So that little boy might not even be able to do a puzzle, a three a three piece, four piece puzzle, even mm. though at four years old children generally can, can do a twelve twelve to twenty four piece puzzle. So, um, often we think that because our child is four, that they can do these things. And but it's it not age, work. it's age no. and developmental phase are two different things. Yes, yes. Age is just the number of years your body's been on the planet. So, I always tell people that remember, don't buy a toy that your child is not ready for. Because when you go buy um, a toy, it's not like clothing, your child does not grow into a toy. It's impossible for them to do that. So, in other words, you, you, your child needs pajamas and your child is two. So, you go into the shop and you buy a pair of pajamas for a two to three-year-old. You can't do that with toys because you don't know the inherent ability. You have an idea of the inherent abilities of your child. Your child's not at school where they have all the grade fives doing the same grade five work. And then kids who don't keep up either stay back or get extra lessons Mm. it's not like that with the toys a child does not try to play with it he wants to sit down and he wants complete mastery over it if he doesn't have mastery he's not interested he will lose interest he he will not have it he won't he won't lose it he's never had it in the first place so and that you know you'll say some kids say some people say oh my child hates puzzles. It's not that he hates puzzles. He just doesn't see the purpose of it. He, he does not have those skills required. He's not ready for it. He's not ready for it. He might have got there if you had presented him with a, with a, a puzzle that is uh, at more age appropriate at the right time. W- would you suggest when parents are in that situation when they're buying, because when they're younger, they buy several toys rather than one big toy, to get toys over a range slightly younger than two two and slightly old so they can see so on on Christmas Day the child does have toys that he can engage with just Mm, in case there is that either advancement or yeah I've got something I know we're running out of time and I have some something quite important that I I need to say about that as I was just we were just 
just to sum up what we just said, don't buy your child any toy that they're not ready for it in the hope they will grow into it because mm. they won't. They associate that toy with frustration and they never will play with it. So um, that's especially regarding puzzles. Okay, so here is my theory that we used this this sales technique, if you want to call it that, to pe- to parents over the forty years that walked into my toy shop, hi ho cheerio, and we would say they were looking for a gift. And I said, well, look, buy two gifts. You buy an O gift and a Wow gift. A Wow gift is something that you open up on Christmas Day. Face lights up. Everybody, in, you shout it out, you jump around, you pick it out, you take it out the packet and you play with it and everybody in the room goes, wow, that's just what you wanted. But wow stands for wears off wonderfully quickly. The child can totally do mastery with that himself. He plays with it and two weeks after Christmas, it has turned the whole house upside down. Take the letters W-O-W and turn them upside down and that spells mom and mom's hair is pulling out because the stuff is all over the show. Mm. That's a wow toy. It wears off wonderfully quickly. Now, an O toy is you open it up and it's a purple jersey from your from your granny, or it's a box of it's a soap on a rope, or it's a, a pair of socks, or it's a book or something, and you open it up and you say oh, and you put it aside and you're looking for a wow toy. You don't even tell anybody about it, and then a couple of days after Christmas or the birthday, when the wow has worn off wonderfully quickly, the O toy comes out, and the O toy usually requires an adult to focus them. Find the skill that they can do it themselves and initiate play. Mm. And that st- becomes an O toy. And oh, oh, that's why I got it. That's what it that's can do. That's what it can do. Oh, it's quite lacquer after all. So um, um, sometimes when you're buying a present for somebody, you buy the big toys, maybe the bar- wow toy. The more expensive one is the wow toy. Then you put a little O toy with it. Mm. Uh, o toy would be something like a... Um, um, uh, Pick up sticks, which is my favorite, favorite mm. educational toy. So, and all the other way around, you have a wow and O toy, which is the big one. And then you put a wow toy just for them to play with straight away. Until they get to the stage yes. of understanding and yes. then mastering. That's the where the whoopee cushion comes in. You see? Yes. Doesn't mean O toy is not educational. It just means it requires maybe a little bit of extra impetus for the child to play by themselves. Wow, lots oh. of food <laughs> for thought. Yeah, uh, what a great bit of information, especially for parents who are now heading towards Christmas and are looking for toys and uh, can get that sort of information. Um, Cherry, if someone wants to get a hold of you, because now you've said a few things here, won't you give us your uh, phone number? Yes, by all means. Um, you'll find us, uh, uh, the shop's name is Hi Ho Cherry O. I offer free consul, uh, free advice. And we're based uh, now in Lakeside from our home. And if you look it up on Google Chrome, look up Hi Ho Cherry O. And you'll find our details and directions to our house there. We also have a Facebook page. and my, But my cell number is 083, oh, forgotten, 083702 Repeat that. 083-702-8132. And you will give the parents this information, what, how they can select a, a… Exactly. A, a Everything in the, in, the, in the store is set out in phases. I also have phase advice, which we offer on sale for 30 rand a sheet, depending exactly how old your child is. Right. So that information can be easily 
attained. Yes. Well, Terry, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. We look forward to you in a month's time. I'm sure we have something to help parents as they come into the end of the school holidays and pulling their hair out and how they can mm. prepare probably for the new year. Mm. That's it for this show. We are looking at a host of different programs coming up, all aimed at educating and assisting the parent in the area of especially early childhood development. So we will be having lots of interesting shows coming up. Till next week then, from me, Wayne Turner, and my guest, Cherry Howell, it's goodbye and God bless. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.